Okay, we're going to begin the Gemara Shabbos on Dafyud Amid Beis. We are holding a couple of lines from the bottom, about six, seven lines from the bottom, where it says, Va'omar Rava Bamachasya. Zok the Gemara Va'omar Rava Bamachasya, Omar Rav Choma Bagori, Omar Rav. Lo'oilam Yechazer Adam V'yeshev B'ir She'yishivasa Kroiva. A person should always look to see, to live in a city that has been settled recently, more recently than another city. Which means if a person has the option to go and live in a city where there are tzaddikim, there are yirei shamayim, of course that's the best place to live in. But if not, if he's going into a place where there are no yirei shamayim, so he should choose to live in a city that was settled more recently than another city. Because it was settled more recently, the averis of the people there are less. Shanema, we learn this from what it says in the Pasik. Here you have this city, which is nearby that I could run away there. This is what Light tells the Malach when he was taking him out of the city of Sedaim. And he says that he should bring him to the city, to Mitzar, to save his life and not to be um, turned over with the city of Sedaim. Vihi Mitzar. My Kroiva, what's the Pshat when it says that it's close by? Ilema Kroiva is the Pshat that it was the Mekarva, the meaning Kroiva means that it's close by to Sadaim. Vizuta, when it says Mitzar, that it's a small city. That's something that the Malach could see, that's obvious, there's no Chiddush in that. Ella, rather, what the Pasuk is saying is, because it's a, a city that has been settled later than Tzdaim, Ivanaseha Mutzarin. It's a city that has less Avedis and therefore should not be turned over, and I could enter into this city and I could be saved over there. Where's there a Pasik that we see that this city was uh, settled later than Tzdaim? I should be, my life should be saved over there. The Pasik uses the word no. What is no mean? No bigamatria nun vachad. No is 51. Have that's, that's the amount of years that this city was settled. Vashel Sdaim nun base. And Sdaim was settled for 52 years. Rashi here makes a long cheshbin of how we know that Sdaim was settled for 52 years. The point that Rashi says is that Sdaim was a city that was settled after the Deira Flogge. And the Deira Flogge was in the generation of Peleg. When Peleg passed away, which is when the Deir Flaga happened, as Rashi makes the Cheshvin, Avram Avinu was 48 years old. And then the day that Stein was turned over was when Avram Avinu was 99 years old. So that's 52 years. From the year when Avram was in his 48th year, when he was 47 years old, until 99 is 52 years that the city of Stein was standing. So over here the Pasik says that it was one year settled, one year less than Sedaim. Now the Gemara continues and says, Vishalvasa, the peace in the city of Zdain was Chavav, was 26 years. We see in the Pasuk where it describes the years when there was no peace in Zdain. There was 12 years when they were subservient and they had to serve Kadar Laima. 13 years, that is, they rebelled against him. So that's already 25 years. And only in the 26th year, then they were freed. So for 26 years, they were fighting, they were not free. 
And only after that, the remainder of the 26 years, were they free. So the Gemara here continues, these are all statements that are brought in the name of the same Amayra, and they're not necessarily related one to another. That the roofs of the houses are taller than the shul. The end will be that the city will be destroyed. The Pasuk says, That if you have the cities, if the cities has in it the base of Kenya that's taller, that's meraimim, that's higher than all the rest of the roofs in the city, then Lahamad is Kharvaisov, it will not be destroyed. This only refers to the roofs of the houses. But when it comes to forts and towers that are built in the city, less lumba. That doesn't matter. Um, Ravashi, Ravashi says, I saw to it that the city of Masamachasia should not be destroyed. Eventually the city was destroyed. From those Avedis in that time period, it was not destroyed because Ravashi saw to it that there should be no roofs of any houses in the city of Masamachasia taller than the Shul. So this is a halacha that's brought in Shulchan Aruch, that not to build any houses taller than the shoals. Although today, we don't see people being makped on this for various reasons. Either because anyways today, there are other uh, uh, buildings that are taller than the shoals. There are lahavdal churches that are built even taller than the shoals, and it's not in our uh, ability bechlal to change that. And also, like we mentioned over here, that there's a difference between houses, or if you have Kishkushivavruri, um, which are forts and towers that are built for other purposes. So the same thing also, the idea of a person building a house in a shoal that's taller than the shoal, he's trying to show that his house is nicer and fancier and greater than the shoal. That's the idea here. But if a person builds a big apartment building and he's not trying to show that, he's, that, he, that his house is taller and better than the shoal, it's just a matter of the space that he needs to build the, the apartments for the people to live. So then what it says in the Gemara here doesn't apply. You should rather work for a guy that comes from Yishmol. Not work for a Nochri, like Rashi says, this refers to a guy that comes from Esau, from Edom. They're, they're bigger to show him. Work for a guy. Don't work for Chaber, which Rashi says comes from, from Persians that are even greater to show him. Rather work for a chaber, don't work for a Talmud Chacham. Why not? Because a Talmud Chacham could have a big paid on a person if he doesn't do what he tells him to do. You should rather work for a Talmud Chacham and don't work for a Yosem or an Almana because if, they, if you do anything that they don't like and they cry and they beg Hashem, so then the Abishal listens to them very quickly and it could be very, very not good for you. If it's bashert for a person to be sick, so any sickness, but not a sickness in the stomach. Any pain, if a person has to experience, is but it shouldn't be heart pains. Pain is less than sickness. Any ache, if a person has to have any ache in his body, but he shouldn't have to have a headache. If a person has to experience anything bad, it should be anything but not to have a bad wife which can cause him a lot of trouble. 
Sagt Gemara weiter, If all of the oceans would be made up of of dioy, of, of, of uh, ink, and all of the reeds would be quills, and the heavens would be parchment, and all people would be scribes. Shell Rashus. It would be not it would not be enough to realize and to write and to explain the depth of what it takes for a government to run a country. Where do you see this? My Kara, Omar of Mesharshi, of Mesharshi says it because it says in the Pasik, Shamayim Lurum, the Eretz Loimek, the heavens above and the earth below, Vilev Malochim, and the hearts of a king that has to govern a country, Ain Chaker. There's no understanding of how deep this goes. So there's the simple pshat of the Gemara that it refers to the government, that sometimes you don't understand the ways of the government, and yet, in order to run an entire country, we have to always give the government the benefit of the doubt and follow their instructions, even if sometimes they tell you to quarantine. Or, so others say that this Gemara refers to the Eibishter, that the Eibishter is really the one that's behind every government, and he's the Melech Malchem Lochem that's running matters in the entire world, and even if we don't understand sometimes what the Eibishter does in the world, we still have to be assured that the Eibishter has a plan. A fast for a person that had a bad dream is good, is beneficial for this fast to remove the, the bad things of the fast. Like the way fire catches on to flax. But it should be on that very day, the, the day after the person had a bad dream. Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef said, including on Shabbos, if a person had a bad dream on Friday night, you should fast on Shabbos in order to get rid of the bad dream. Rav Shua was visiting with Ravashi. Of delay, they prepared for him a igla, a calf, a third calf. One shot is a calf born third to the mother is the strongest of the behemoths and therefore it's the best meat. Another pshat is it's a calf that's a third grown, also the best time to shech the behemoth to get the best meat. So they prepared for him the best of the meats. Amrulay they said to him, why don't you taste something? I'm fasting. Omrulay, so they said to him, Do you not agree to what Rav Yehuda said? A person can borrow from his fast and then pay it back. So even if you are fasting now, you can borrow and then repay your fast a different time. Some say this only refers to a situation where a person made a nether to fast, but he didn't say specifically that he's going to fast on this day. But if he said he's going to fast on this day, then he has to keep his nether and fast on that day. Others say even if he said specifically that he's going to fast on this day, he still may borrow that day and repay it on a different day. Omalei. So he says to them, Rabshu ben Bred Ravidi says to them, Tainus Cholom Ho. I'm actually fasting for a Tainus Cholom. And that has to be on this day. For a dream is beneficial like the fire that catches on to flax. It has to be on the day after the dream. That's even on a Shabbos. So therefore I can't eat. Going back to the Mishnah. We learned in the Mishnah on Daf Tess. 
where the Tana said that if a person is davening, if a person is eating, that is, that he doesn't have to interrupt to say that to daven, mincha, to daven, even though he has to interrupt for Kriyashma. So the question the Gemara is going to ask now is, it says already earlier in the Mishnah, Then the Mishnah says again, You don't have to interrupt your meal for davening. That's what it seems. The Mishnah is repeating the same thing. And then then it says again, In fact, the Gemara already says once in the Reishe, that you're not mafsik. And for the Gemara, the safe of the Mishnah when it says again ain't mafsikin, it refers to a person learning. That even when he's learning, he doesn't have to be mafsik for davening. The Tanya Chaveidim Shayoiskim Betaidem Chaveidim that are sitting and learning Taidem Mafsikin the Kriyishma, but they ain't mafsikin they're mafsik for Kriyishma, but they do not have to be mafsik for saying Kriyishma. Om Rabbi Yechinen says Rabbi Yechinen Loishanu this halacha of this mission was not said El Kagoyin Rabbi Shimon ben Yoichi vechaveirov people like Rabbi Shimon ben Yoichi and his friends Sheteirasan umnasam their profession is to learn Taira they learn Taira the entire time so they don't have to be mafsik for Kriyishma Aval Kagoyin Anu people like us that don't learn Taira the entire time mafsikin lekriyishma letfila should interrupt for Kriyishma and for davening as well. We learned in Abraisa just as you do not have to interrupt for Kriyashma, for, for davening that is, for Tfilah, you do not have to be Mafsik for Kriyashma as well. And for the Gemara, when does it say? When does it say in this Braise that you don't have to be Mafsik even for Kriyashma is if they're in the middle of. Uh, learning the halachas or doing the Ibr Shana to figure out how to establish the year to have the extra month of the year to set the calendar when we were being Isaac and figuring out the calendar the dates for the year because this is something that is extremely important to make sure that the calendar is set right that the Yom Tovim should be in the right time and for this you're not mafsik at all that's the conclusion of this part of the sugya. So let me mention over here an interesting Indian that the Rebbe speaks about. The Rebbe brings from the Yerushalmi that actually clearly says that Abshimi ben Yechoi would not be mafsik not for Kriyashma and not for Tfilah. In the Gemara here it says that he would be mafsik for Kriyashma since Kriyashma is menateira. Only for Tfilah he wouldn't be mafsik. But in the Yerushalmi it says that he wouldn't be mafsik at all. So the Rebbe says that we don't have to say it's a machlokis between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. Rather, what we could say is two points. First, the Rebbe says there may be a difference between Rav Shimon ben Yechai himself and the Chavraya of Rav Shimon ben Yechai. In our Gemara, it says Rav Shimon ben Yechai v'chaveirov. So since it's talking about Rav Shimon ben Yechai v'chaveirov, it's really focusing on the level of the Chavraya of Rav Shimon ben Yechai, and they were mafsik for Kriyashma. But Rav Shimon ben Yechai himself, which was on an even higher level, as it's brought that he was a, a Yochid in his generation, from the Bnei Aliyah, he was in a very high level, so he wasn't mafsik even for Kriyashma either. Because the Yerushalmi there says that he said, Kriyashma is learning Teireh, is saying Psukim of Teireh. Learning Teireh is also Teireh, so it's the same thing, why do I have to be mafsik? So Rabbi Shem Meichai's level of learning Teireh was on the level of saying Kriyashma, was one and the same thing, he didn't have to be mafsik.
That's one uh, pshat that Rebbe explains. Another pshat that Rebbe says, perhaps there's a difference regarding Rav Shimon Ben own Anhogia before he came out of the Maida and after he came out of the Maida. Before he entered into the Maida, which he spent, this is the cave that he spent 12 or 13 years in it. So then his Anhogia was that he was Mafsifikriyishma. After he came out of the cave and he was in a much higher level, he didn't interrupt at all. He didn't interrupt not for Kriyishma and not for Tvila. Talk to Mishnah, we begin a new Indian here, now we come back to Shabbos. A person that has a needle that he uses to sew should not walk with his needle in his, uh, he should not hold the needle near Shabbos. Why? He might forget and come to carry it. And walk out on Shabbos. And a person that's a cipher should not walk around with his quill before she close to Shabbos. A person should not delouse his clothing on Shabbos, as we'll see later, the Gemara will explain this. And a person should not read on Shabbos to the light of a lamp. Because a person may come to tilt and play around with the fire to fix it, to fix the light in order to be able to read. However, in truth it was said, the chazan, which is either referring to a shamish and a shul that has to prepare for the kriya satayda for the next day and he wants to see what is the kriya satayda for the next day. He doesn't know what the parish of the week is and he wants to see what the kriya satayda is. So Raya, he can use the light of the lamp to take a look and see, where are the children reading from? But he should not read himself, sit down to read from the parsha from the light of the lamp. But he can use the light of the lamp to see just the beginning where they're holding to know what to prepare the Sefer Torah for. Kayoitzeboy, a similar Indian. This is another case where there's a gzeda that Chazal made for a person not to come to an Isser. Azov and Azova, Azov and Azova, which are both Tomei and may not have relations together, should not sit at the same table together and eat without any sign. Because they shouldn't come accustomed to be closer, too close together and come to have relations. So the Gemara now will, will begin with a discussion that relates to the concept of making Gzaitis Pachlau. And we know that there's a rule that Chachamim make many, many Gzaitis. However, Chachamim do not make Gzaitis Lgzaitis. They make one Gzaita, but then they do not make a second Gzaita to enforce the first Gzaita. Tanan Asam, we learned in a Mishnah in Erevin. The person should not stand in a Rishusayachid, Viyishte, Birishusarabim. And drink water from the Rishusarabim. Or, Birishusarabim, Viyishte, Birishusayachid. Or stand in the Rishusarabim and drink water in the Rishusayachid. This is all excited because a person might come to bring the water of the Rishusayachid into the Rishusarabim or vice versa. If a person is standing and he most of his body is in the Rishus that he's drinking the water and then water, then it's okay. Then the Chacham didn't make the Gzeirah. The same applies also to a wine press. The Gemara will soon discuss what exactly is the meaning of a Chaim Begas. That will be a main point over here in the Sukya. Now the Gemara asks a question first. Carmelis, my how about in a Carmelis? If a person is in a Carmelis and he wants to stick his head into a Rishusayachet to drink, or he's in a Carmelis and he wants to stick his head into a Rishusayachet to drink, does the same Gzeira apply or not? 
Omar Abaya Abaya said, he, he. This is the same Gzeda. Just like in the Mishnah there, it says that you may not stand in the Rishus and drink water from the Rishus or from the Rishus and drink water in the Rishus HaYachid. The same Gzeda applies if he's standing in a Karmelis. Rav Omar, Rav says, no. He, Gufa Gzeda, the entire existence of this Karmelis that you may not carry from a Karmelis to a Rishus HaYachid or a Rishus is a Gzeda. And we are going to make a Gzeda on a Gzeda that the person should not come to carry from the Karmelis to the Rishus HaYachid or a Rishus and therefore he should be not allowed to drink if he's standing in a Karmelis and, and sticking his head into the Rishus HaYachid or Rishus Why should we make a Gzeda Gzeda? We don't do that. So this is the argument of Abaya and Rabbah. Do we make a double Gzeda in this case or not? So obviously Abaya was of the opinion that in this case, and there are many exceptions where Chachamim make double Gzedas. Gzedas l'gzedas. So Abaya held it over here. This is a case that Chachamim made a double gzeda. Rava says, no, there's no reason to make a double gzeda. Omar Abaya says, Abaya mi noam from where do I see that Chachamim did make this gzeda? The Iktani, since it says in the conclusion of the Mishnah and Edevin that we quoted before, Vechein begas. So too in a wine press. That was the conclusion. What's this gas? What's the story with this wine press? My gas. What's a wine press? If it's a wine press that has the proper fence around and the, the wall of the fence that makes it a Rosh then Tanina. That we already said in the first part of the Mishnah. If this wine press is in an open area and has a dinner of Rosh Tanina. It's also what it said in the first part of the Mishnah. When it says, don't you think that this is speaking about a Carmelist? And the Chiddush over here is that Chachamim applied the same Gzeda, that you shouldn't stand in one Rishos and stick your head into another Rishos to drink, that that applies to a Carmelist as well. So that's Abay Yisraya. Rav says begas, that when it says begas, it applies to something else. It applies Le'inyemaiser. It's talking about Meiser. What we're talking about the wine that's in the wine press. The wine that's in the wine press is an unfinished product. And really, the din of Meiseris does not apply yet until it's a finished product and it's outside of the wine press. While it's in the wine press, you're allowed to drink from the wine temporarily without Meiser. However, if you're going to take the wine out of the wine press, you're not allowed. So what the mission is saying when it says Vechein Begas, if you took the wine out of the wine press, you're not allowed to drink. If you're standing outside the wine press and you stick your head in to drink, you're also not allowed. But if most of your body is in the wine press and you drink there, on that the Chacham warned Geyser, and over there you're allowed to drink temporarily without taking the Meiser. So it's a separate Indian. It's applying the same concept regarding the Din of Meiseris in the wine and the wine press. The Tnan, we learned in the Mishnah, Shaisin Alagas, you're allowed to drink the wine in the wine press. Ben Alachamen, whether you're diluting this wine with warm water, Ben Alatzainen, whether you're diluting it with cold water, Upater. And either way, you're going to be Potter. Because you're drinking the wine temporarily, so it's, there's no Meiser, it's not a finished product yet. Divrei Rab Meir, this is Rab Meir's opinion. Rabbi Lazar Bat Tzadik Mechayev, Rabbi Lazar Bat Tzadik says, even drinking it in this way, you're still going to be Chayev. The Chachamim Maimrim, Chachamim make a distinction and they say, so Rabbi Lazar Bat Tzadik's opinion is, once you diluted it with this water, so you're not pouring it back into the wine press, so now this is already considered to be a permanent drinking that you have to take Meiser of it first. 
Chachamim Maimrim, the Chachamim say, it depends. If you diluted it with warm water, so then Chayiv, then you're obligated to take the Maiser. But if it's if you diluted it with cold water, then it's Potter. Well, it's the difference between hot or cold water. If you diluted it with cold water, so that you, you, you very often would pour it back into the wine because it's not going to cause the wine that's there to be sour. But if you poured warm or hot water into this wine, so then you're not going to be pouring it back. So whatever you're drinking is temporary and therefore you, ha you have to take mice. You don't have to take mice from that. A person that is a, a Schneider should not go out on Shabbos with his needle that he has near dark. So now we're going to bring Araya from this Mishnah to the argument of Abaya and Rove regarding the question of whether Chachamim make a gzeda l'gzeda. So it says that the Chayet should not go out with his needle because he might forget and go out with it on Shabbos. My love, don't you think, what is this Mishnah talking about? That this needle is stuck into his garment like uh, the custom of a, uh, of a Chayet that he places it in his uh, garment and he's not carrying it the way a person normally carries something on Shabbos. So he's not doing a malacha da'irais in the first place. So that's already one gzeda, that it's also to do, even though it's not the regular way to carry it. It's just stuck into his clothing. On top of that, we're making another gzeda, that he should not walk around in that way near Shabbos, and not to forget to carry it out. So that's a gzeda l'gzeda. So Rava says to this, no, that's not what the mission is talking about. The nokat lebi yoda. He's actually holding the pin in his hands, and he's carrying it in the regular way. Toshima, another ayah, lo yeitzeh in a b'raiset says, lo yeitzeh chayet b'machta t'chuvuleh b'bigdoi. In this b'raiset clearly says he should not walk out with the machat, which is stuck into his garment. My love, be'erev Shabbos. Don't you think we're talking about a case of erev Shabbos, and then it's telling me that he shouldn't walk around this way, not to come to carry in Shabbos. So it's exeda, l'exeda. This is speaking about B'Shabbos. It's speaking about on Shabbos itself. Because you might actually carry on Shabbos itself. It says clearly in a B'Shabbos that a person should not walk with the machat, with a needle stuck into his garment on Erev Shabbos before it's night because he might come to carry. So it's clearly talking about Erev Shabbos and he's not holding the machar in his hands in the regular way of carrying, it's stuck into his garment. So we clearly see that there is a gzeda l'gzeda. After the Gemara, Homani Rabbi Yehudihi, this follows the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, the Omad Uman derech umnasai chayev, an Uman that carries an item, the way the Uman, usually the craftsmen, usually place the items for their craft, that's the derech of this person to carry it, and he's chayev, it's not considered to be a shinui that he's carrying it, holding it inside a garment. That is, that's the regular derech for him. The Tanya we learned in Abraham, Chayet should not walk out on Shabbos with the macha that's in his garment. And a carpenter should not walk out with 
the with a kisim with the with a ruler that he wears shabazna that he puts in his hair and a is a person that combs clothing with the the keli that they use for this combing that he also shabazna that he puts in his hair and the same thing also not a gardi with the with a uh, with a that uh, that he uses a person that's that's sewing so he, so he has this stopper that he uses a person that's weaving he has the stopper also that he puts on his uh, on his uh, ear and a person that's painting he has a an example that he shows people that he puts on his shoulder a person that's a money changer with a coin that he puts in his ear so even though these are not the normal way of carrying for a normal person, but for these people it's the normal way of carrying for their profession. This is how they advertise their profession. And if he walks out this way, Because this is the derech of the uman, so therefore it's chayev. And that's who the b'raise that was quoted before is going according to. Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Other people are potter. We learned in one which is a person that has an emission and he has a pouch to, to take the emission into it. So the question is, is he allowed to walk out with this pouch on Shabbos? In one b'raise it says that Azov should not, not walk out on Shabbos with this pouch. If he did walk out, potter. So then he's potter. Avalaser, but it's forbidden mid because it's a it's a shinu, it's not the regular way of walking out with this on Shabbos. In a different brayse we learned, lo a person should not walk out with this pouch that the zav wears on Shabbos. if he did go out with it on Shabbos, chayiv chatos, then he will be chayiv chatos. So we have a contradiction here with these two braises. Amar Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, like Hashi, it's not a question. Ha Rav Meir, Ha Rav Yehuda. One braise follows Rav Meir's opinion. One follows Rav Yehuda's opinion. The argument that we just brought, according to Rav Meir, even a person that's doing something which is like his profession, nevertheless, that's a shinui. Since people normally don't carry that way, so therefore, he's not chayiv on Shabbos. Rabbi Yehuda says, if that's his profession, then he's allowed. So it's the same thing also with the Zal. Sorry, if, since it's his profession, so therefore it's forbidden even menatayda. So the same thing over here regarding the Zal. This individual, the Zav, for him it's normal to have the pouch in this way, even though for a normal person to have a pouch, to wear a pouch is not normal, but for him that it's normal, so therefore it's going to be Chayev Chatos. So that Braise follows Rav Yudah's opinion. The Braise that says that he's Potter follows Rav Meir's opinion. Um, Rav Yasef, so Rav Yasef says, So that's uh, yeah, what we just read. This is, this is the answer to uh, that this is Rav, Rav Meir and this is Rav Yehuda. Um, so Abaye responds and says, No. When did Rab Meir say this? Regarding something which is not, it's not the normal way. In other words, Rab Meir held, even for those craftsmen that were mentioned before, they don't normally keep those items in the way that it was mentioned there in the Braisa, whether in the ear or in the, on the Beged, stuck into the Beged, that's not normal. They put it there from time to time to show what they're doing or to demonstrate to people, but usually a needle is held in the hand and everything is held normally in the hand. So over there, that's why Rab Meir held that you would be potter. But over here, however, 
But for a Zav, which this is normal for him to keep the pouch in that area in order, in order to, uh, to get the omission, so over there he would agree. Would he say that this would be a, a, um, that this would be a permitted minateira? If you're not going to say that this is true, that Abmei agrees in this case, so how about the following example? A hedyit, just an amateur, comes along and makes a hole in a piece of wood. He's not a, he's not a professional carpenter and he doesn't know how to make the hole the proper size. He comes and he makes a hole. He does a malach on Shabbos, but it's not done perfectly. Are you going to say, according to Rabmei, that he's not chayiv? For this amateur, this is the normal way how it's done. You're not chayiv only if you do something that's perfectly the way the person that knows how to do it professionally does it. If he does it, this is his way how to do it, the malacha, he knows how to make a hole in this way, so he's chayiv for that. Same thing with the zav. If for the zav, this is for him the normal way how he carries the pouch out, so for him it's normal, so he's chayiv, even if for someone else it's not normal. So we can't say that the b'raise that says that he would be potter follows Rab, Rab Meir's opinion. So the Gemara is going to give another pshat over here. There's a hemshach over here in the Gemara which follows all the way into Dafyud Bey Zamed Aleph. And we'll see Metzashem, the continuation tomorrow with Hashem's help. It's not easy to give a share without live people here. I'm giving this share for the people to be able to follow online. It's not, it's not the same. I hope in Metzashem we should be able to continue very, very soon with people alive here, present. And together with Mashiach Tzitzkenu, Yerushalayim, Yerakadosh. And hopefully the quality of the share will be much, much better then.